0: The final snap of Super Bowl forty-five. the Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home.
3: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, the Green Bay Packers podcast for the Blue Wire family and the Eurostep podcast network. As always, I am your host, Numak, and joining me once again for another episode in this dreary, long offseason this is Jordan Dresky. Jordan, how you doing, buddy?
1: Doing well. Rogers watch is alive and well. Who's gonna break first? Who's going to is
3: <laughs> much like trade talks, you you lost your uh lost your vision halfway through.
1: Yeah, I'm just um exhausted <laughs> of Rogers things. The Green Bay Packers exist, and there are 52 other roster spots on this team. (laughs) Yes, there
3: are. That's where I I stand at this point. Well, thankfully, we don't have a lot of Rodgers talk this week, as there has been no news since the news. So this week, we're going to kind of recap just the lay of the land of the NFL, per se. Um, Since we last recorded, since the Packers made a couple moves, mostly on the... uh, peripheral side of things nothing too major but a lot of exiting uh packers that we ought to keep an eye on some close some far so um that's basically the plan for this pod nothing uh nothing too spicy just about a lot of discussion about our our hometown green bay packers so um jordan should we hop right into it let's hop right
1: in let's see let's go through the transaction log shall we
3: yes we should we're using spotrack they have almost everything so if we don't get everything you can go yell at us in the gspn discord gsp.info go join the links we're talking all this stuff it is 7:30 central standard time wait yeah central standard time or is it was at daylight we just had daylight savings i don't know the difference any who's will be uh right during the middle of the world baseball classic so to give you minute by minute updates if it happened after this that time uh we didn't catch it so don't yell at us or do i don't care <laughs> uh the biggest packers news that happened uh since we last recorded was the restructuring of razul douglas uh razul restructured uh and rather converted 2.17 million dollars of his salary this year um to a roster bonus plus an additional um i'm sorry to a signing bonus in addition to a two million dollar uh roster bonus that was also converted so in total um four point s17 million dollars converted to a signing bonus that doesn't count against the cap this year i guess it cleared 3.3 my apologies but big move for the the packers i think as it sits now they're at about 24 million dollars in cap space if that is about right i can example i checked too but yeah 24 million dollars in cap space the fourth most team with cap space right now but which is interesting, and that's a real time. Yep, that's okay. As of doesn't tell me when Spotrack last updated this, but I saw this number. I think Monday or over the weekend, and it was about twenty four million dollars. So okay. I'm pretty sure that's that's in real time. Um, only only teams ahead of them are the Texans yet. The Bears still have to spend forty million dollars somewhere, and then the Bengals still have sixty five million dollars. So lots of money. And I'm sure some of that might go away, depending on the Rodgers trade. But getting as much as they can to start making these moves to improve the team once Rodgers is, or if and when Rodgers is traded, will be important, because they have holes to fill. So, um, the Razul-Douglas restructure, I said it last week, and I was mistaken. I'm double-checking with Ken Ingles' famous post that circles Twitter like once a week that this is the last thing that the uh, Packers can do to um, to gain some cap back out of this season. And I think the only thing off of his checklist that they have left to do was um, extend Rashawn Gary. That was like his personal checklist. And obviously they haven't done that yet. So technically looking at it now, they can still restructure, trade, or cut John Runyon Jr. or Pat O'Donnell, which I don't think is saving too much money either way, but the Rozula one is pretty important given his act is like heightened role in the team.
1: Restructured Trader Cut is the uh, new. Um...
3: Go ahead, make it explicit.
1: <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> F
1: Mary Kill.
3: Forticate Mary Kill.
1: <laughs> oh.
3: I'm glad that I, I saw that coming a mile away. It's uh it's RTC, not FMK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those are like the John Ryan Jr. and Pau Darnell decisions are the only ones that have to do a lot with the cap, unless they extend, um, or restructure or trade. That's a different one for you, Jordan. Uh, Darnell uh, Savage, which I don't think they're gonna do, given their depth at safety right now. They'd have to like really go. Pretty hard in the free agency market and the draft to feel comfortable cutting him or trading him. No, they can't cut. I apologize. Extend him or trade him. Sort of yeah. pick your poison of so which which side they'd have to do. But I don't think any of those are options at this point. Um, they still need to extend Rashawn Gary, which I think is interesting given that we need an edge rusher in the draft. If they don't get a deal done this offseason, I won't be worried per se, but it would make me nervous heading into next year. Or heading into after into next offseason, my apologies. Because yes. like if we can't keep Rashawn Gary, we're then down an edge rusher if this one that we draft, hopefully draft doesn't work out. Like and he deserves a extension from the Packers, like and from the Packers.
1: Yes. Very much. Even with the injury. He's shown drastic improvement year after year. Mm -hmm. He's one of your cornerstone players, especially at a time when things are a little bit in flux. Right. (laughs) Shall I say? Um, Yeah, he's a no-brain extension candidate. And even with the injury concerns, I mean, when was this? A couple months ago? They extended Ellen Jenkins, and he has a torn ACL on his, you know, I guess profile, it, for yeah. lack of a better word. So yeah, injury concerns or not, Rashawn Gary is a stud. <laughs> That's that. the type of player that you want to keep around.
3: Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> um. And then they have to make the decision on Jordan Love's fifth year, which yep. I don't think happens until the Rodgers trade. Either the, until the Rodgers trade or until the deadline, which the, the deadline is like the first week of May for them to um, figure out if they want to pick up love's fifth year option which at this point is practically a certainty just because if they don't then they're up a creek without a paddle we'll say if, they, <laughs> if love would walk next year it
1: would yeah <laughs> it would be a lot of us asking well why did you create this scenario in the first place
3: exactly so yeah a Jordan love fifth year option pickup is uh, basically projected into the horizon we seem to get there first <laughs> It's like a mirage. At this point, we're hoping the mirage be- comes true. What is that
1: over there? That the <laughs> fifth year.
3: <laughs> it's just it's just an opaque picture of Jordan Love, the, like rising in the sky like the sun.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I see it.
3: <laughs> that's well, oh, that's good stuff. Um, but moving on, the Packers also uh, re-signed Rudy Ford. Another big special teamer so definitely a plus there had it a couple good games last year obviously the i think it was the dallas game was the one where he had the um two picks yeah the two picks so that was the biggest contribution but also just being a standout um special, special teamer
1: yeah he uh restructured his- His first name, apparently, I was given the bombshell before we started recording. Rudy is not his given name. It is Jonathan. And the reason why he is referred to as Rudy is his Uncle Philip gave him the nickname Rudy based on the movie of the same name.
3: Which is very confusing because the Packers also employ... Jonathan Ford, which is yes. Rudy Ford, its real name.
1: So we have Jonathan Ford one and Jonathan Ford two, but two could be Rudy,
3: right? Yeah, it's uh, I, I've gotten tripped up a couple times on that, so thankfully, he is called by Rudy. Yeah, and Rudy, Rudy, he's, Rudy. Sa- he's saving us a big problem. He's saving us a big headache. So appreciate yeah. you, Rudy. Um. But yeah, I will get into the meaning of these next couple moves in a second, and what I why I think they're significant. But um, to go with it, the Packers also resigned uh, Corey Ballantine. He's uh, uh, the cornerback, uh, the fifth-year player. So uh, he was on their practice squad last year and was activated in November. So basically, a depth guy, but ma- majorly a special team, a special teams guy, and I think. All of these signings that they've had that have been like re-signings or free agency signings, like we talked about Matthew Orzek last year being the long snapper that they um, that they signed. I think Super it's pedigree. That's right. I think it's very good that we're letting um, special teams coach Rich Biasaccia bring in these special teams players that matter and that he thinks are plus players because. The more we can build like institutional knowledge is a stupid way to say it, but like organizational, organizational knowledge of how to run a good special teams unit for multiple years in a row is going to be good. Cause I don't think this offseason is going to be a one off um, happening when it comes to Rich Biasaccia's candidacy as a head coach. And so I like that. Goody and Matt LaFleur will have an opportunity to see how uh, Rich Biasaccia does these things so that if he goes and gets a head coaching job, which I think he's more than capable of doing, considering he almost led the Raiders to the playoffs two years ago as an interim head coach, um, that they have this, this roadmap of what a successful special teams unit looks like and can build off these habits and trends and like practices for life after Rich Biasaccia if that comes soon. Pisaccia, not Passaccia, my apologies.
1: Yeah, I mean, the fact that he is what the associate head coach, so he's the number two to the LeFleur at this point, Yeah, kind of signals, hey, you're going to have a... Not that they made a big deal about getting him in the first place, mm-hmm. but it's even more say about how they want to run things. Um, yep. Yeah, that's... We know how the Packers operate in franticity regardless. They aren't ones to strike while the iron's hot or the floodgates open and it's like throwing crazy money right. Roger Campbell is probably the best example of like a guy that signed way later in the offseason I want to say it was like June of 2021 when that happened and then he blossoms into this all pro that, <laughs> that season um they take their time and stuff like that but that doesn't mean that these moves can't have a big impact. We've seen what bad special teams look like. Mm-hmm. And as little as they matter on the scoreboard or the overall uh direction of the roster, it's a tone setter. And they you know, it's they're they're playing in the, the margins at this point, and that very well can tilt things in so many different directions, especially after Going through a season like this where it came down to the last game and yeah, you know, yeah, all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I think there's obviously been a strong theme of where and how the Packers have operated this obviously or this free agency period so far. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean it can't change, but it, it's it been <laughs> very uh thematic,
3: yeah, absolutely. Like the biggest one was Keyshawn was Keisha Nixon, that was the biggest uh resign they had. Obviously a special teams guy. Like he's his main role on this team is special teams, even though I think he can play as a um as a secondary player. But yeah, all the signings have been special teams, and I'm just a big fan of it. As we stand right now, obviously there's a lot more holes to fill with the money they have available to sign players. But as it stands with the moves they're able to make pre-Rogers trade making sure that your special teams unit isn't is in order is a good move by this fan because we've watched crap special teams play for a decade and a half and it wasn't fun. And when it was fun for the last eight games last year, it was a lot of fun. It like set the tone, as you said, just for the rest of the season and that push towards the playoffs. So I think it's, like I said, important that they're getting this shored up, um, early. And I think they'll get their pickings worth of whoever they want to pay. Um, in a couple weeks here or in june of this coming june but you were right devondra campbell signed june 8th that year
1: june 8th so,
3: yep so still time for a lot of these things obviously you're not going to find a devondra you're not going to find a rosal every year to kind of make those all pro jumps but there's options there's always trade cuts or roster cuts in the summer and things like that but we're for mm-hmm. off of that um, the Packers also signed Tavarius Moore to a vet uh, min deal. Tavarius Moore, the former uh, 49ers safety, so big thing with him, really big res score. He he fits the the goody <laughs> mold. He really <laughs> he's an athlete, real fast. And I, if I'm not mistaken, just from some of the the light research I was doing, um, did really well his rookie year. And then, um, I think he had an interception of Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Got
1: called back, I believe. Was it? Okay. I, I believe that's what it was, or something like that.
3: Um, I see one interception in the, in the 2019 playoffs. Oh no! He,
1: yeah, he did get it.
3: So, so it it might be a different interception. I'm just letting you know <laughs> that that's what I that's what I'm seeing on. Uh, what you call it? Spot tracker, not spot track pro, pro football reference. Um, but yeah, it's a safety. He had, uh, I think he got injured in 2020, and then re-injured himself in um, or not 2020, 2020,
1: 2021. Yeah, ruptured his Achilles tendon during practice. Ouchie. And then was placed on the pup list uh, at the end of a training camp. That's not a one-year injury. That is a two-year injury. So yeah, that's a, that's a pretty rough break.
3: Yeah, but thankfully, good for the Packers because I think he is good depth, and if he can just sort of play to his strengths of being a fast guy and a fast tackler, maybe a bit of a ball hawk, if he can roam that roam a secondary, I'm fine with it. Cheap deal. Like, like I said, a, m- a million bucks, and I think not too much of it is uh is guaranteed. So I'm, I'm quite fine on taking the flyer. Frankly, I think it's a yeah. good find, and just yeah, we'll see. Like we we all know that safety is is a, not gonna say a, an issue, but it's definitely a priority for this offseason. season. And if you can take flyers on a guy where, uh, his dead cap is fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> so like, I, if they cut him, it it's cheap if he it's, doesn't yeah he doesn't make yeah. it through training camp it's fifty thousand dollars as opposed yep. to if he makes it the team he gets it's a one-year deal one-year deal for a million dollars so it could work out great it could work out not at all it's a a good like uh what's the word good bet we'll say just it yep. works out he works out good for the packers low risk that's high it. reward that's what i was looking for That's yeah. what i was looking for so um expect moves either in the draft or more free agency on the safety part or news that Razul's gonna move there but other than that um not too much else from the packers um their side essentially that was really the only f- like four moves they've had three moves they've had since the rogers trade or trade announcement trade demand announcement and then keisha nixon before that so not a whole lot yet i think it's the packers waiting for the first domino to fall in the rogers trade until the draft and if we don't get from if we don't if the packers don't trade routers at the draft i think that's when you're really going to start seeing some of these signings yeah hopefully that they come sooner because that's the draft is still a month away and a lot of players can get signed in a month we'll talk about that in a minute um and i think if you wait longer to spend that money that's going to pamper your ability to improve through free agency so let's talk about the rest of the nfl there's a couple of uh big names that moved around that would have been good for the Packers to target, but also kind of affected the NFC North standing. So we'll do a quick little roundup of the, uh, of the NFL and see how that really affects the Packers, how the Packers could have possibly traded for some of these guys or why they didn't, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Big first one, big first one. Brandon cooks trade of the Cowboys after they just traded Amari Cooper away. Which is peculiar, I'll say. I think the that Brandon Cooks was for sure done in Houston. Like he he was he wanted to be out there at the trade, <laughs> and then they didn't trade him, obviously. And now they did. Like I I just think that he was very much not going to want to play for uh, the Texans any longer, and they appeased that um, that request. Um,
1: very good move for them. Cowboys have had a sneakily good off season, in my opinion. Um, kind of what they need, especially next to CeeDee Lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's injury concerns with Cooks. It's more of like, he's had a lot of concussions, I believe.
3: Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a lot of concussions and a lot of like techie tech stuff. Nothing like major structurally.
1: But he's been, like, he's not, like, he's a big name, and I think he, I don't know, he's kind of, it's a weird area that he fulfills, like, in how, like, you look at him, because he's not, like, a, like, his, I'm struggling to even describe this, (laughs) but he's not, like, a, he's not, like, an OBJ of, like, these guys that, like, regardless of where they are, they bring star power. Yeah. Brandon Cooks is a very good football player and he's been traded a lot of times, mm-hmm. but still very productive. And until he got to the Texans kind of elevates teams in a lot of ways, or at least their receiving core. Um, I I think he just kind of landed in the perfect spot for him. Um, and again, just going to a winning team, they need some, another passing weapon, or pass catcher next to Lamb to kind of yeah. uh, elevate the passing game for Dallas. So yeah, big big move for them, and kind of just I don't know. Keep an eye on them. Keep an eye on them.
3: Yeah, Brandon Cooks reminds me a lot too. I Hilton, just like a really that is exactly fan. yes yep a really like good that. football player, a really good receiver, but he doesn't have like the big game ability to really break out for a season. Like, he'll yeah. have games where he goes for a huge amount of yards, a few touchdowns, and is like, wow, Brandon Cooks won me my fantasy matchup this week. But then he'll have other weeks where he kind of disappears, which, like, is the nature of, honestly, like, wide receivers 6 through 20. Like, really only the top five receivers are going to get you that week-in, week-out uh, production that really can bolster an offense in a significant way in a um in a consistent way. And I just don't think Brandon Cooks is that. Relating to the Packers, I think that the Packers would have liked Brandon Cooks to put alongside Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. I think yep. there was a tart like there was rumors, tweets, et cetera, et cetera, of the Packers trying to get Brandon Cooks at Brandon Cooks at the deadline this past year. Never facil- never never came to be. Mostly because I think it just is his contract. Um I can't find it now. Here it is. Uh he's on the hook for two years, about forty million dollars it looks like. This year his cap hit is uh twelve million dollars, and next year it's uh six million with a couple of, with one void year. So I just think that twelve million was unfortunately too rich for the Packers' blood this year, given their issues with Rodgers's cap hit should however it's going to be so i i think that the packers would have gladly traded the fifth and the sixth that the cowboys traded for him to get him because it's really cheap for brandon cooks mm-hmm. i just don't think it worked out money wise to spend half their cap on a p- player that could be either wide receiver one two or three depending on how his production shakes out yep yep yeah because I think Watson and Dobbs are shaping up to be 1-2 and or 1-A, 1-B, however you want to see it. And if Brandon Cooks doesn't immediately surpass them, which he could, he's a talented wide receiver, then it's $12 million not well spent to go with a, a big cap hit next year, but then $6 million a dead cap if they were to cut him, which is a significant cap hit, considering that is a, $6 20, $6 million is 25% of our cap right now. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a big cap hit for a team that is struggling with cap in the first place. Yeah. So it sucks that he went for such a low price. I think there's a lot of teams besides the Cowboys that would have been like, yeah, I would have paid a fifth and a sixth mm-hmm. for Brandon Cooks. I just think maybe the Houston Texans worked with him or where he wanted to go. And also, I think, like you said, it really fits n- nicely for Dak um, Prescott to throw it to him next to CD Lamb. The other Cowboy news, a couple of, couple of Cowboy news is, as you said, sneaky uh, good offseason so far. They made the smart choice to cut Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott no longer a Dallas Cowboy. And If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty, pretty sure that Zeke is a post-June 1. Yes. Um,
1: that is why I saw you.
3: Yeah. Whatever the word is. Like, cap casualty. That's not the word, but... Um they basically designated him for it to be cut after June 1 to lower his cap um his cap hit for their uh for their sheet this year. He's really taken a dip, sadly. Like he was always fun as a player to watch. He's we'll say a lively NFL football player, definitely has a personality to him, which is just fine. Um but with the rise of Tony Pollard and how well he's been in both the running and the receiving game his Zeke's contract didn't justify the production he was getting, which was the biggest yep. thing when they signed that contract. Like everyone says, don't pay running backs, right? And yeah. then Jerry Jones went and paid Zeke a huge deal. Worked out for the first couple of years, but as of the last couple of years, it was not not sufficient enough to pay that sort of price for running back when they have other things they need to to address. So. Um, Tony Pollard blew up his knee in Minnesota this past year, I believe. I think it was, I think it was that game. So I think he's out for the a little while. He'll probably be out the first game, or maybe he'll make it for the first game. But um, subsequently, they signed Ronald Jones. Um, I believe he was in Buffalo or Tampa before
1: that. Tampa, Tampa originally. Then I think he was on KC last year. That's
3: right. That's him. <laughs> right. Yep, that's right. Because I remember. When Clyde Edwards Hilaire went down and they cut him or however that that shook out, they uh they signed him. I was like, oh, that's a good pickup for them. They just never used them. They use Isaiah Pacheco instead, which is the smart move, probably. Yeah. Um. So they signed Ronald Jones probably to be the workhorse before Tony Pollard gets back. Again, just good move. Get a cheap running back that has NFL experience that can hold down the fort while you're. Main guy comes back. So yep. and same thing. I think he's just Zeke, but Zeke light. Same sort of style of runner, like Paul runner. Not gonna razzle dazzle you with moves, but he'll get yards as he needs to.
1: Certainly and, uh, saw that in the uh, Buccaneers Packers championship game a couple years ago.
3: Yep, that's right. He uh he had his way. <laughs> um last bit of Packers Cowboys news. Dalton Schultz signs with the Texans. I think Really, I didn't even see that. Yep, um, interesting. A one-year deal, not too much. I think it was about nine million dollars ish. And so, um, I saw. I think this news broke what's today, Tuesday. I think the news broke Monday, and that yeah, yeah, one okay. year, nine million dollars. The news broke Monday, and I think over the weekend I saw he was a free agent. I was like, man, like if he can stay a free agent for the next. Week or a couple days, wouldn't mind giving him a one year deal just to just to do it. Like I would have paid him this deal if he was willing to like stick around a little longer.
1: Especially like, considering a longer. considering the Packers incumbent tight end is no longer the Packers incumbent
3: tight end. Right, like they're the Packers are for all intents and purposes losing Mercedes Lewis. I'd imagine. Yes. Um. But then, before Dalton sold his contract, uh, Bobby Tunyon signed with the Bears. Yes. Which is, again, fine. We, were, we, we didn't really know what to expect with Bobby Tunyon, but he ends up signing with the Bears on a pretty cheap deal. I think his was...
1: It's one year, four, four, four five, something like that. Four and a yeah. half.
3: So, um... A little production loss, as we talked about. Like he had that big year. Was that twenty twenty one or twenty? He had the big year.
1: Twenty, because he got hurt. Yeah,
3: yeah. Twenty one.
1: Yeah. Then this year, yeah.
3: Sorry, one year, two and a half million for uh, Bobby Tony to sign the. Is it two and a half? Two point six. Yeah. Oh. So that news broke. That news broke on the sixteenth, and four days later. Dalton Schultz signs with the Texans. And I think if the Packers were able to bring Dalton Schultz in at this number or a little less, however you want to look at it, would have been a knock out of the park for the Packers. I think they obviously have a needed tight end and getting a one-year deal for a guy like Dalton Schultz, who has proven he can do good things. Like he was a pretty big part of that Cowboys offense throughout the last year and years prior. Would have been good. Would have been pretty, pretty great to have, but alas, not to be the Texans get a pretty nice safety valve option for whoever they decide to draft with their whatever quarterback they decide to draft with their top pick this year.
1: Well I think too to kind of I guess bring this larger theme and we'll bring in another addition that we're going to talk about too. Tanyan gets picked up. Dalton Schultz Dalton Schultz gets picked up, Mike Esecky goes with the Patriots from Miami. Yep. So of what limited I think even OJ Howard who
3: he did sign i think he signed with the Raiders
1: Raiders yes so free agency has taken a very tight end heavy t- t- uh, turn um and with all the uncertainty in that where like from that lens you know if the packers make any other move in free agency besides you know adding to Tyler Davis yeah. <laughs> um it's very much gonna be a death piece or you know, kind of stopgap kind of thing because mm-hmm. who else is you gonna turn to? I don't I don't even know who the best of uh, or most attractive um uh, tight end available at this point in terms of like someone who has production to this team. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I can tell you in a second once I once I get the the, the the table sorted but to go kind of backwards before we get into who is available yeah this year has been a lot of like single year deals for tight ends basically on prove it deals tight ends are interesting positions like the top tight ends george kittle travis kelsey um darren waller and the rest of them are Good at blocking and pass catching, but they get paid for their pass catching essentially. Yeah. Like that's that's where their value lies. And the rest of the way down, tight ends five through probably the rest of them, there's so much variance week to week that it's hard to reliably bet on which one's gonna be good where you can find value. But um for the Saints, the joan Johnson, I don't know if you remember Jordan. But Jawan Johnson, the man who torched the Packers week one of 2021. Oh yeah. Earned, uh two years, twelve million dollars extension from the Saints. Um the, as we talked last week, Josh Oliver signed with the Vikings. Josh Oliver, more power to you, never heard of you in my life. Um the Patriots traded uh Jonu Smith for a seventh round pick. Like there's that's not a lot of value. They just didn't want a contract anymore. Same thing with Darren Waller being traded to the the Giants. Hayden Hurst signs a big deal. He's one of those top guys with the Panthers for a seven million dollar year average, three years twenty one million, and then Bobby Tunyon for a year two six, um, Jordan Aker Akins, two years four million. Like that's cheap. Um, the Chargers signed Donald uh, Parham, who's like their second string tight end essentially. Um, to a two-year $2 million deal, Mike Gusecki got 1-4. OJ Howard um, signed with the the Raiders. They didn't say his number yet. And then Dalton Schultz on a one-year $9 million deal. Like, there's a lot of variance here to where it's really worth any of these guys. Who really knows? Like, I think Dalton, Dalton Schultz and Mike Gusecki are really the only two guys there that I'm really interested in really having, frankly. Like, that would have been guys who signed to where we should have gotten but as for players that haven't been signed yet cameron Bright was, re- was released from the buccaneers don't have a strong opinion on him like i would give him a super small deal if they signed him um former former great tight end austin hooper <laughs> he's a former
1: man. great well uh, he's not you, i think
3: he's i think he's, he's decent fine. yeah he's, he's yeah. fine. But, like, do you remember the times where, like, oh, oh he Mark, got, pay- yeah,
1: he like, got super paid.
3: Yeah, like, he was yeah. good. I think the Browns super paid him, right?
1: Browns paid him after being with the Falcons.
3: Right. Um, old man, Kyle Rudolph, former Viking, former Viking Irv Smith is available. Um, Tyler Croft, the old Bengals tight end, he's available.
1: Foster like- Moreau, Waller's, uh, backup is a free agent and i believe looking at other teams that aren't at the raiders so i don't know what they're gonna do there
3: i'd love if they signed foster moreau the packers did i'm i would think that'd be a quite a good signing
1: the mystery author foster moreau
3: that's right <laughs> um anthony i've i've seen his name for so long i don't know how it's pronounced anthony Firkser, the old tennessee tight end f-i-r-k-s-e-r how would you pronounce it, Jordan? Through your through your life?
1: Uh, no, I think you're right. It's just a funny name, Tony Furkser.
3: Yeah, you guys can roast me in the GSP Discord if I'm pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> and so, like zero Ferks given the 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 tight end options in the free agency market right now are grim. Like it makes sense. Which, as to Which if why you
1: contrast with how people are talking about the tight ends in this draft class, yeah, it's yeah. You know I mean, it's like well. You know, it's interesting that the, I mean, we, we're we going to go on a tangent. I
3: go on a tangent.
1: Jono Smith is a decent tight end.
3: He's, he's fine.
1: He's fine. But you made a big decision to draft Kyle Pitts, who looked to be this generational talent that you have wasted so far in your first two
0: years of having him. just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast that's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
2: whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system,
1: unless if you're trying to do like a very Patriots thing of like Gronk and Hernandez, like tight ends, those are people that existed. <laughs> they and...
3: <laughs> are players. One of those players
1: certainly existed. Yes. Um. I don't know. I don't know what. That's where it's like. The Packers would never do this, but do you just like, hey, Kyle Pitts is undervalued because I would I would imagine there are a lot of teams that are like, why are you doing this? Yeah, can you give him for?
3: I think, I think the the Falcons got him one because he's fine. I think I think you have the right idea in that maybe they want to run a two tight end set to give whatever quarterback they're going to employ. Desmond, Desmond Ritter is their quarterback right now. To throw to, maybe maybe that's what they're trying to do, but at the same time the Falcons stink. They're not good. Maybe no. they just wanted to take a flyer on a seventh round pick to t- take on his contract and see how it works. Like maybe they find money in Jonu Smith to be a good production person or a good value as like a catching tight end to make up for the fact that they don't really have receivers. Like Kyle Pitts and Jonah Smith will be.
1: Break London. That's. Did they sign? They signed. um, Am I wrong? Mac Collins, or did Uh, he go somewhere else? I
3: think you're right. I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, he got. He's. They got Mac Collins, which needle mover. Sure, the tiniest little (laughs) little blip (laughs) over. Uh, yeah, one year, two and a half million dollar deal. So, but. I think the biggest thing for them is that we'll just see, right? Because um, John o. Smith's contract is $10 million this year, and they have a, an out after this year worth no dead cap. They don't have yeah. to bring him back next year for anything If they if it turns out to be a horrible experiment and it's a tire fire. Then they got a seventh-round pick for a one-year $10 million deal, and they can cut their ties. So... It's a weird move. I agree. I see the vision, like you said. Yeah. Um, but,
1: go ahead. Going back to the Packers. It is just like... Sooner or later, something's going to be done about tight end. and It has to be. While, yeah, of course. Now, while we have our eyes set on the draft and these shiny new toys that yeah. could pair with Jordan Love, I they want, are going to sign a veteran tight end.
3: Yes. I want to talk about that shiny new toy with tight end. In like five minutes when we're done with the rest of the free agent recap, because yep. I think like I want to talk through a scenario, but we have like three three short things left <laughs> to go through. Um, the Lions signed uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson. That's going to be a problem. That's a problem for the Packers. Lions well, um, coming
1: for that number one spot.
0: Listen,
3: I I got told up and down during our. NFL predictions pod, the one of the first ones from one one Ty Windish, that the Lions weren't good. And they weren't building towards anything. I've been on this lap, on this I've been I've staked my claim on Lions Island. They, they're building, you ain't lying. I ain't lying. They're building something good. Like I I said to um the Discord to people to whatever that I don't think it'd be a terrible idea if the Lions want to move on from Jared Goff because I think Jared Goff, while he's having a good year under Dan Campbell, has had good years under Dan Campbell, and just has had a – just a tiny bit, just the littlest bit of a renaissance since coming to Detroit. I think the ceiling with Goff is only so high, right? And I don't think it's Super Bowl-winning caliber quarterback – like, I just don't think he's that quarterback anymore. I know he had success with Sean McVay with, and the Rams. Like, they they made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff, right? They yeah. Lost. yeah.
1: The Patriots one. Yeah. One of the ugliest Super Bowls no, of super Bowl my never- lifetime.
3: Like, I, I think <laughs> that Jared Goff went there on the back of Sean McVay, and I don't know if he can do that with the Lions and Dan Campbell.
1: I will say, though, it's not a surprise who made – that decision to bring in Goff, considering Brad Holmes, I believe that's his name, the GM of the Lions, Mr. Holmes, maybe I presume, um, <laughs> was a part of the Rams brain trust before getting the gig in Detroit,
3: overlooking Ford Field. 2003 to 2020, he was with the Rams, so you're right.
1: 2003
3: to 2020,
1: wow. Yep. Yeah, so he saw Jared Goff up close and Personnel.
3: Right. So my idea was the Cardinals pick at three. Why not trade the Cardinals six? The team? Yep, sure. <laughs> um, The Sorry. Lions move up to three, and they get their choice of Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, or Bryce Young. And then trade six, which is the Lions pick, um the Vikings second round pick they own, which is the fifty-fifth pick. Yeah. And then next year they have the Vikings third round pick, I believe. So trade essentially six fifty-five, and then a Lions second next year, and the Vikings third for three to move up three three spots and get your pick of a rookie quarterback to get yourself on this timeline with DeAndre Swift, with Amon Rosne Brown with Jamison Williams, with Aiden Hutchinson, it's all the same timeline. They're all cheap right now. And if you can get like cuz right now the north is wide open. Like we know this. Like without Aaron Rodgers in the NFC North, it's wide open. You can win your division, which is a very important thing for the Lions. Lions winning the division a c- biggest accomplishment in a very long time. This is the last it, one out. since they last won it essentially besides beating Rodgers twice in one year. Like that's <laughs> They did that this past year, which was their. I
1: think we're about to become a Lions podcast because I, I understand. I, I, yes, you want to build the two tracks of, of team building.
3: Right. And I, I just, I'm, I, I think the Lions are going to be a bigger problem than the Bears or the Vikings.
1: Oh, without a doubt. I think they're for the number one future significant future for sure it's also at much least, clearer at
3: least the next three years
1: yes i i think they are making all the right moves i think i yeah. would put them as the number one team i would in as well. the north for next year
3: i would as well um all that being said them signing cj gardner johnson is gonna be a problem it's just it yeah. just will be he's a great player it's a one-year deal Hopefully he has his great year and gets paid by somebody else that isn't in the NFC North. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think the last one we got to talk about is Dean Lowry. Did we talk about Dean? We do not. Sign with the Vikings. The
1: dean, dean of students, gone.
3: <laughs> I think it was a short deal, not too Not too much. One year, two year?
1: Two year, $8 million whatever no actually way. is I
3: believe. Just, just fine at least we know love's front side pressure is going to be just fine next year <laughs> I play for two games out of the year so that's really it on the free agency stuff um talking going back briefly before we end about the tight ends um big buzz on twitter this week darnell darnell washington jr right yeah darnell washington jr um now i gotta double check myself because i'm a feel like a dickhead if i have it wrong um posted a blank just Darnell washington not a junior um posted a blank all black instagram story with the geotag of green bay wisconsin i think that was like today or something tuesday um which got people going that they're going to possibly draft him um at 15 if this is a big if jordan If the Packers don't get 13, they don't have the Jets' first-round pick. Are you comfortable drafting Darnell Washington, a tight end, at 15, as opposed to drafting an edge rusher or a safety or any of the other sort of... How do I say this? Higher priority, more impactful positions that the Packers need. Because as we just talked about, tight ends... A lot of variants, a lot of variants, a lot of
1: variants, and he obviously had a very strong showing at the combine. How much stock do you put that in? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean this exists totally in the NBA too? Um, you know what I mean like between? Not to make the I'm making this analogy of it because. You know, it's March Madness time and all this stuff. But you see a player rise out of nowhere and um, makes this huge run. And it takes, it changes his whole outlook of, I'm going to go pro. I'm going to get drafted in the first round. I have these guarantees and all that stuff. It's different in football, obviously. Lower, you know, there's always so many events where between the combine, senior bowl, um probably gonna miss something else w- between draft seasons like days. that. Like pro days, of course. Um that the, it's the high or not hindsight, but it's the it's the freshest thing. It's like, oh my god, like that guy is I can't miss because of this, right. Because athleticism, all this stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I I think either way, like putting huge stock into that. In a position that is of need, but if you look all across the Packers roster, there's certainly a lot there's of certainly
3: more positions of need. Like it's not just tight end.
1: Yes. Safety certainly comes to mind um at this point. You could you brought up the point of the edge rusher, you could always you could never have enough edge rushers. That's what I've been told. Right. Um <laughs> Yeah, like I I don't know. I I would be fine with it. But it's certainly not a comfortable bet. Right. And, you know, that's not even getting into how Goody historically operates, where yep. he likes a guy regardless of what the prospect looks like in aggregate kind of thing like that. Like, where is he valued in draft classes? Mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah. For what it's worth, the first tight end off the board is... Um, Dalton Kincaid at 16 to the Commanders the second is Michael Mayer to the Cowboys at 26 and the third is Darnell Washington at 28 to the Bengals who are in desperate need of a um, of a tight end so all that being said I don't think they have an opportunity to get Darnell Washington in the second round which was kind of the idea going into the draft pre-combine was hey can we snag him in the second I don't think he'll be there I think he does not fall that far Which makes this decision harder, because I think, like you said, everybody fell in love with the the combine video, and I think that plays so well into the what the Packers love out of their tight ends. Yeah, he said he modeled his game after Mercedes Lewis, which would work great to bring in the next Mercedes Lewis or the big pup proposed the big pup, (laughs) the proposed Darnell Washington or uh, next Mercedes Lewis, and see how it goes. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think it would be something a lot of fans, myself included, would point to if it didn't work out years down the line. It'd be a huge hindsight thing, but I think it would have to matter in the context of, hey, you're drafting a tight end top 20, top 15. Like, is that really the best use of that pick? Is it better for Lucas Van Ness? Is it better for... Brian Branch, who's going 17 on this mock. Like, it's is it better for Quentin Johnson or Jackson Smith um Jigba? It's just like where 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 do they value, what do they need to make this a, a better team? And it's one of those things that's like, oh, okay. We played it safe. We took probably a more surefire bet and an edge rusher or something or a or a safety. Or whatever position you want to do an offensive tackle at fifteen. Maybe he tumbles to the second round. Maybe we make a move for a late pick in the first round, trade up with some picks. I think doing that makes the most sense right now, as opposed to if they did draft the tight end and it didn't work out, it's probably one of those things that if we're Goody to be fired, that'd be like, yeah, he picked Jordan Love at 24 before Rodgers was even close to retiring. Then he picked, um, tight end in top 15 the first year Jordan Love's tenure. Like, it's... Yeah. At the the
1: same... Yeah, it's it's a hard... Part of this is...
3: It's an incredibly difficult job. Yes. Because your feelings change day to day. You're like... Yeah, game to game. Like, you you sit there and you think and you rack your brain about what this team needs. It's like, man, they just really need somebody opposite of Sean Gary. And you're like, man, but... Without Mercedes Lewis on the outside, their run game kind of suffers and they... they they don't have that outside sort of blocker to help get Aaron Jones to set an edge to get outside. And then then
1: on top of that, you're making the move to Jordan Love. You want to put him in the best position to succeed.
3: Another blocker You don't have
1: another blocker and you don't have enough (laughs) pass-catching or, you know, playmakers to do that, too. So... So,
3: It's it's entirely like... It's a high-wire act. Right, and it's to say that if Darnell Washington is the pick at 15, I'm not going to be like... Rabble, rabble, rabble. What are you doing, picking fifteen of a tight end? Because I think he has talent. I really think he does, and I think the strength that he showed is very, very valuable for what the Packers do. So if they take him, it'd probably be a reach, and I'd be okay if the reach. And I think that yeah. that's that's the experiment and the thought process I wanted to go with you with, because I think it's there's a real possibility of it happening.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Hmm.
3: Anything else mm. or...
1: No. I, I I mean everybody's gonna be consumed by any turn of Rogers stuff, but yeah. we talked about it, about it at length.
3: Yeah. It's
1: probably not gonna happen anytime soon.
3: I gotta keep
1: kinda keep reminding each other about this so yeah. like
3: And like it's natural to talk about it in like context of other things, but if we just talked about Aaron Rodgers for the next what? June 1 is when they could cut him next to get less cap off the books. June 1, so two and a half months? I think we lose a lot of you guys as listeners, so we gotta gotta mix it up a little bit, even Mm -hmm. though the obvious storyline right now is number 12 himself. So, we hope you guys enjoy this episode. Couple of uh, promotions, just the regular stuff before we head out. Go over to Repod. Again, I've said it, week in, week out for the last, what? Couple months, Jordan. Gotta go join Repod. Gotta go talk over there. Gotta go talk the Tundra over there on Repod. You guys know where to find it, join Repod.com slash talk of the Tundra. Go check it out. We'd appreciate it. Um GSPN world. The Eurostep Boys talked about um our Lord and Saviour, Brooke Lopez, and did an appreciation pod on him that came out uh Monday. So goal to Todd and Rohan talk about the big man in the middle, I guess. Yeah, we'll call the middle of defense. And just give him some some of his flowers, which he has earned significantly. Um other way of the Bucks pods, if I'm not mistaken, Jordan, your special pod will be out by the time this comes out Thursday morning, correct? Do you wanna mm. Do you wanna announce that pre it being announced? <laughs> <laughs>
1: be yeah, sure Rohan these. and I talked to the mayor of Milwaukee, Bobby Ortiz, Jr. Wow. Junior. Wow. Um, wow. Yes, we talked to him at his launch party of his podcast, Keep It a Buck, which is on Podcast One. It was a very good time. Very nice meeting Bobby. Uh, a class act, if you will. Um, and we got to talk to him. And the sound is not very good, but we put it recorded an intro and outro to make sure that you guys understand that we know it's not that great. But uh, hopefully, you get some kind of kick out of it because Rohan and I were
3: very much buzzing after yep. <laughs> talking to Bobby Portis. Jordan and Rohan are selling themselves short on the quality of this audio, it is perfectly fine, people. You will, you will <laughs> go listen to it and you'll be able to get it. You're just gonna trash it, like you're it is borderline unlistenable. Un- no. no, they're selling it short. <laughs> You're gonna go and listen to this podcast because you all want to hear Bobby Porras talk, and you'll be able to hear the conversation just fine. I listened to it; I, I gave it a listen. I there wasn't a single thing I missed in the conversation. So go check it out; it's a really good one. And thanks to you guys for uh, for going to do that. Um, secondarily, rather thirdly, try. I'm not even gonna do what that word is. That comes into secondary for the third ones. You and Adam have wooden six coming out with what would be today. As you're listening to this,
1: or no, uh, I we will be recording today. Yes. Um, but yeah, we'll be talking about the Bucks after the Spurs game, after the somewhat after the Raptors game.
3: <laughs> Ooh, you can talk about Mamu. Hopefully, Mamu plays. You probably will. Yeah. I've been heard. wilding out there. Somebody in the Spurs organization said he was a keeper, which is nice to see. Good for good for Mamu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, i think that's just about it on things i can confirm i don't want to speak for anybody else that's not here uh but go check out check out cruising for a bruising as they ramp up towards the uh brew season which opens in just about a week and a half right yeah yeah, yeah it's a thursday yeah next holy moly it's next thursday mm-hmm. holy moly so yeah go check out um their coverage of all things spring training and as they wrap up um the world baseball classic and then go check out make time for this and all of the catalogs of movies and tv shows and all the wonderful things andrew and adam talk about on make time for this i think they just released i think i think we talked about this last pod but they just released their top 10 movies of the year post oscars yep. so if you haven't checked it, check that out go check it out thank you guys all for listening and tuning in to our wonderfully optimistic Packers podcast. (laughs) I am Numak. He is Jordan. Thank you for listening. And Jordan, thank you.
1: Thank you, Numak.